0: Hello, I'm Michael Novogratik, and this is Tax Credit Tuesday. Today is Tuesday, August 29, 2017. First of all, on behalf of Novogratik and Company, I'd like to extend our heartfelt thoughts and prayers to our colleagues, clients, and all those affected by Hurricane Harvey on the Gulf Coast. I've tweeted a link as to how you can help. It's a link for donations to the American Red Cross. It'll help those affected by the storm, and we ask that you do what you can to help. Turning now to our podcast this week, this week marks five years since the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Third Circuit filed its opinion that overturned the U.S. Tax Court's decision in the historic Boardwalk Hall case. Now in that case, the Tax Court originally had upheld a partner's right to claim historic tax credits, but the Appeals Court found that the project's historic tax credit investor was not a bona fide partner because it lacked a meaningful stake in the project's success or failure. This was a decision that the Supreme Court later did allow to stand. Now the appeals court decision was made August 27, 2012. That's five years ago, this last Sunday. And it chilled the historic tax credit market for several months, and led to high risk guidance such as RevProc 2014-12 in the guidance on 50-D income. Now, the historic tax credit market has rebounded to record levels since, something I discuss in my column in the August issue of the Novograd Journal of Tax Credits. And we'll discuss the state of the historic tax credit market at our upcoming Novograd 2017 historic tax credit conference. It's being held next month. It's actually about four weeks away. It's in Denver on September 28th and 29th. And you can register online at www.novigradic.com events. Now let's turn to this week's tax credit news. In our general section, I'll discuss the latest in tax reform efforts. I'll also touch on upcoming deadlines, deadlines to act on keeping the government funded through the next fiscal year, as well as the need to raise the federal debt ceiling. In low-income housing tax credit news, we have good news to report on an increase in the rental assistance demonstration program cap. And I'll also just talk about a bill that's been introduced in Congress that would create a federal renter tax credit. And then I'll close with news in a proposed cap for the Wisconsin State Historic Tax Credit. So if you're ready, let's get started. In general news, the White House announced Thursday, this last Thursday, that it will not release its own detailed tax plan. Instead, White House officials are saying that they'll leave it to Congress and the tax writing committees to hash out tax reform legislative text. Now The administration had promised earlier this summer that it would release its own full-blown tax reform plan in early September. Now, with Congress taking the lead on the matter, President Donald Trump will still start publicly campaigning for tax reform this week. All of this is according to White House National Economic Director Gary Cohn, as reported by the Financial Times. Now, Cohn clarified that the President does not have a fixed or detailed tax reform plan. But Trump will be on the road this week to make a broad case for pro-growth tax reform. Now meanwhile, the tax writing House Ways and Means Committee and the Senate Finance Committee are planning to hold hearings and markups in the fall. Political has reported that GOP leaders plan to preview their tax reform plan to rank and file Republicans before there's a public rollout. Now, attempting to learn from the lessons of healthcare reform, the idea is to work through any major disagreements before proceeding. And if lower-ranking members approve, then the leaders will release the details publicly. Then the House Ways and Means Committee would consider legislation in October. However, if it looks like the initial plan doesn't have enough support, GOP leaders will reassess how to move forward. In the House, Republicans are essentially trying to find a bill they can get 218 votes. Now we're still hearing optimism among congressional leaders that tax reform can be passed before the end of this calendar year. In fact, Senator Heller is predicting the tax reform will be completed before the congressional holiday recess in December. In other news, it's that time of year again. With only a month left until the start of the new fiscal year, we're once again left wondering whether and how Congress can pass a spinning measure to keep the government funded to avoid a shutdown. One of the sticking points in negotiations has been government funding for the border wall that President Trump promised in his campaign. Now, Trump addressed a crowd in Phoenix on Tuesday and said, and I quote, Believe me, if we have to close down our government, we're building that wall, close quote. His remarks, not too surprisingly, have raised concern among many that a market-disrupting shutdown may be imminent. Now the next day, on Wednesday, House Speaker Paul Ryan tried to diffuse the tension during a press conference. Speaker Ryan said he doesn't think a government shutdown is necessary, and he doesn't think most people want to see a government shutdown. Furthermore, Ryan thinks a short-term continuing resolution will likely be necessary to keep the government funded past September 30th. Now the House is planning to consider an omnibus spending bill covering the eight bills that have yet to be passed by the full House, but Ryan thinks a stopgap spending bill is needed because he can't imagine that the Senate will be able to process appropriations bills as quickly as the House can. In part, this is because spending bills require 60 votes to pass the full Senate, which means Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell needs Democratic votes to pass them. Now, the other major item on the Congressional Agenda for September, is raising the debt ceiling. As I've mentioned in previous podcasts, Congress must raise the debt ceiling by the end of September, according to Treasury Secretary Mnuchin, or risk defaulting on its loans. Now, Leader McConnell pledged on October 21st that Congress will pass a debt ceiling increase before Treasury exhausts its temporary measures to avoid breaching the limit. And Leader McConnell said there is zero chance that Congress won't raise the debt ceiling. Now one possible solution could be to bundle a continuing resolution to continue to fund the government and the debt ceiling measure together as one package for the President to sign. Also in the mix now is what effect Hurricane Harvey will have on the Congressional agenda. Though many expect if it has an effect it's more likely to affect the continuing resolution and debt ceiling deliberations as opposed to tax reform. Congress will likely consider a disaster supplemental spending bill in September and that will likely be packaged with a continued resolution or continued resolution and debt ceiling. Now that disaster supplemental may also have a tax title with provisions similar to the GO Zone. Provisions affecting increased funding for the long-term Tax Credit, New Market Tax Credits, and a higher credit rate for the historic tax credit. Although it's too early to tell at this point whether or not there will be a tax title. I'll keep you posted on Twitter with updates. Also, I've tweeted a link to an article on how a tax title helped rebuild after the damage caused by Hurricane Katrina. My Twitter handle is at In affordable housing news, HUD published a notice in the Federal Register last week that contains good news regarding the rental assistance demonstration, or RAD, program. First, the notice officially increases the unit cap from 185000 to 225000 Now, you may remember this increase was actually part of the federal budget approved in May. But with this notice, HUD has made the increase in units official. HUD also changed the deadline for the submission of RAD applications from September 30th, 2018 to September 30th, 2020. Now, the notice said that HUD's going to choose which additional public housing authority or PHA units will get the award through a competitive process. Candidates will come from PHAs that have submitted letters of interest to reserve a spot on the waiting list and which have completed the required paperwork within 60 days, paperwork which includes a RAD application, portfolio award, or multi-phase award. Now, the HUD notice also said it'll set rent at fiscal year 2016 funding levels, this for commitments to enter into housing assistance payments that were issued beyond the previous cap. That rent level will also apply to replacement awards made due to revocations or withdrawals after May 5th of this year. Now, for any awards made prior to May 5th, HUD set rent at fiscal year 2014 RAD levels. My partner, Rich Larson, noted that it's no surprise that HUD continues to support the RAD program. Through the end of 2016, 57,000 units of public housing have successfully converted through RAD. And those conversions have stimulated nearly $4 billion in improvements to affordable housing while remaining cost-neutral to HUD's budget. Now, for public housing authorities who are considering RAD, my partner Rich noted that they should develop a plan as to which properties in their portfolio make the most sense to convert to RAD. And to this end, public housing authorities should consider capital needs, projected cash flow, as well as the effect on the PHA as a whole. And if you have questions about how this HUD notice applies to your property, or want to know more about how the RAD program works, contact Rich Larson in our Toms River, New Jersey office. In other affordable housing news, a New York congressman has introduced a bill that would provide a federal tax credit to all rent burdened residents and renters who live in government-subsidized housing. The Rent Relief Act was introduced by Representative Joe Crowley and the legislation would provide a refundable tax credit to renters who pay more than 30% of their income on rent. The credit would be equal to the difference between 30% of their income and what they actually pay in rent. However, the rent level that they pay that would be eligible for the credit would be capped at 150% of the applicable fair market rent. And the renter's tax credit would be paid on a sliding scale. That is, it would be a percentage of the difference between 30% and the rent paid based on how much the taxpayer earns. Taxpayers earning $25,000 or less and paying more than 30% of their income in rent would receive the full level of credit. As taxpayers' incomes rise, the percentage of the credit that can be claimed is lowered. Taxpayers earning more than $125,000 per year would be ineligible for the credit. Now the bill also gives residents of government subsidized housing a special option. Residents of government subsidized housing can elect to claim a tax credit equal to 1 12th of their annual rent. That's essentially one month's rent that they would get back. Now since many residents in government subsidized housing don't pay more than 30% of their income in rent, this option allows them to benefit from the refundable tax credit as well. Now my colleague Peter Lawrence in Washington notes that because this bill carries a very high price tag, it isn't likely to advance. But, he notes, it is an example of legislators recognizing the crunch, the need for more affordable rental housing in America, and designing a new renter tax credit is one means to address it. I'll keep an eye on the bill and let you know if it does surprise me and makes progress, or if any part of it does become connected to another bill. You yourself can review the bill at www.taxcredithousing.com. In historic preservation news, a recommendation in Wisconsin Governor Scott Walker's budget proposal is affecting historic tax credit funded buildings in that state. Walker's budget proposal for 2017 through 2019 would limit state historic tax credits to $10 million per year. Now an alternative offered by Wisconsin Republicans, would change the annual ceiling to $20 million. So, how does that compare to what's being used? Well, for perspective, more than $58 million in state credits were certified last year, which means Governor Walker is proposing to limit the historic tax credit to less than 20% of the amount used in the prior year. The historic tax credit cap is one of several issues that are currently under debate as the Wisconsin Legislature tackles the state budget. The budget is already nearly two months past the deadline, since the budget was slated to go into effect on July 1st. Now, It's common, though, for the budget to not be improved until the fall, and the State Legislature Budget Committee began looking at the proposed budget last week. Under Walker's proposed cap, the historic tax credit would be awarded on a competitive basis and the ability to create jobs and improve the economy would be factors in deciding which properties get tax credits. According to the Green Bit Press Gazette, at least two downtown redevelopment projects in that city are in limbo due to this proposed or possible limit. The project and program manager for Green Bay's Department of Community and Economic Development said developers backed away from planned renovations. She said it's costing the city tens of millions of dollars. Now, two years ago, Walker proposed a similar cap to the credit, and the legislature voted it down. So it's no sure thing that this will become law. Now, if you have questions about your Wisconsin development or development in another state, please call my partner, Tom Bosha in our Cleveland, Ohio. Well, that brings me to the end of this week's report. I want to note that there is still time for you to sign up for next week's Novigradic Reviewing Loan Compensating Tax Credit Lower-Tier Tax Returns for Non-CPAs webinar. That's a mouthful but it's a webinar designed for non-CPAs who review lower-tier property partnership tax credit returns. It's a great way to learn the basics about Federal Form 1065, which is the form for partnerships, as well as lower-tier operating affordable housing partnerships. The webinar is Friday, September 8th, starting at 1 p.m. Eastern time. You can go to www.novoco.com slash webinars to register. That's it for now. I'm Michael Novogratik. Thanks for listening. This weekly podcast has been brought to you by Novogratik & Company LLP. Archived discussions are available online at www.novoco.com forward slash podcast or by subscribing to the Tax Credit Tuesday podcast in iTunes. Novogradic and Company LLP is a national certified public accounting and consulting firm with offices nationwide. Learn more about our professional services at www.novoco.com.